Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the word and that your, your word is true to us and for us. We pray, Father, that as we seek your face tonight, as we come into your presence and we learn of you, I thank you, Father, that you'll be glorified in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as a, a review of last week, uh, Ricky, what did you score on your... Uh... Now that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a one-sided bargain with you. <laughs> you, did, you made a one-sided bargain. That's the whole thing right there. You need both sides of the bargain to make it work. Um, so how many of you did the homework? How many did had somebody... Score your, your love walk, and how many people that scored your love walk for you were honest? <laughs> oh, good, good. And you're still married? And <laughs> She's married to somebody different. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you. So here's the deal. You know, people, we, we are truly our worst critics. And we do know things that nobody else knows. And when we start talking about our love walk, it is you know how we treat other people, how we walk in love to others. It it is a uh, it's a precarious thing. You know we'd like to be better. We know uh, we were talking recently, and my wife and I, and we were talking about uh, an instance, a thing that happened. 30, well, 25 years ago, um, not between her and I, but my, between myself and, and someone else. And she goes, you didn't walk in love with that person. I said, yes, I did. And they said, she goes, you did not. She goes, you came home every night and, and complained about it. I said, yeah, but that person never heard a word of it. <laughs> praise God for spouses, you know, praise God for somebody to, somebody to vent to who uh, isn't going to say it to, to the other person. But, you know, we know what's going on inside of our head. And we judge ourselves by that. And when uh, the reality is, is if, if, if you are more mature, I mean, I wonder if what Jesus thought, really thought of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, how, how, what was his thoughts? He didn't say everything he thought, I'm sure. But uh, when he did say something, it was, it was biting, you know, to them. But uh, even that, he still was walking in love. He was speaking the truth. Uh, he wasn't judging them about how can you do that. He understood that they were human beings. But he was telling them, this, you're doing these things wrong. Only, and the, and the only ones he ever judged were those that were, that were assuming to lead others and assuming to teach others. And so... Um, but we always, we always um, uh, judge ourselves more harshly than others do because we, we know what's inside of our head. All right, uh, give me four points from last week that just stand out. Something that as you, as you thought about it, you prayed about it throughout the week, uh, something that stood out and you went, whoa, that, that was something that really, really meant something to me. He is soft, 
We do. We we have to have a soft heart. If we don't, uh, we will we will constantly be getting ourselves into trouble and constantly hurting people. Good. Another one. Anything else? Glad I didn't say ten. We're supposed to be in the Word, and God is the Word. That and that is going to be a theme all the way through this whole uh, series of teachings. Because that is the answer. Now, I'll give you the answer right off the beginning. The answer is the Word of God. <clears throat> the answer, how did, and, and I started this with uh, talking about, you know, if we're in the end days, you know, and once again, I'll just, you know, with the, I'll give you the disclaimer. Um, oh, I, oh, I wish I could tell you this story. Let me think about it for a second, how I can tell you without giving away too much. <clears throat> I know somebody. Let's just put it that way. I know somebody who recently told me they were working with a co-worker and the co-worker came in and said, um, you read the Bible, right? You're a Christian. And the person said, yes. Okay. Where does it talk about the end days? Because I've heard we're in the end times and I want to know where it is and when it is and how it is because that way I can start going to church right before it happens. <laughs> And the, and the person said to them, they said, that's not how it works. <laughs> it, isn't, it isn't getting in by the skin of your teeth, which is actually, getting in the skin of your teeth is actually a biblical phrase. Did you know that? It talks about in, in one of the Old Testament books that there will be those who get in by the skin of their teeth. That's salvation alone, nothing else, just because of the grace of God. But what was interesting was, they were, she was saying, uh, this person was asking her, uh, so, uh, you know, where does it say this? And where does it say that? And what book is this in? And what book, where do I start reading? How, you know, what is this book about? And so on and so forth. And the person looks at me and says, I, I realized I need to read the Bible more. Because <laughs> they were asking good questions, which a Christian didn't know. And so, hey, it's about the Word. It's about understanding what's in the Bible. And not what's in the Bible just enough to get you over but enough to go get you through in victory. And that's one of the points tonight we'll see, is that it's not, it's not about just getting there, but we want to get there in victory. We want to get there with <laughs> anything else. I'll, I'll settle for three. Yeah, go ahead, George. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be what you want to hear or not, but the, the greatest commandment, love your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Mm -hmm. I don't love anything or anybody that much. <laughs> I mean, that's like, you don't ever do anything wrong. You're always totally focused like a laser beam. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Oh, thank you, George. That was a perfect segue into tonight. Perfect. I, this is set up, George. Yeah. He, I, I, you'll get your $5 the, at the end. The check is in the mail. <laughs> the check is in the mail. I'm going to go ahead and hand these out. Take one each. If you need more, I'll send somebody to have Greg make more. So tonight, we're going to start out reading... I can see. Should I hand out? I think I handed out my uh, my notes. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. The one that wasn't stapled together. Yep. All right. So week two. First things first. Putting things in perspective. 
And we're actually going to start out with 2 Peter 1. That the what the part that's on the syllabus, yes. Okay, so uh, who who would like to you got an extra one there? There's extra ones. And then uh, Jim needs one up front here too. Since I since I stole mine back. I'm gonna need to bring I think I think we're good. Well, then we got an extra one. Who does not have one now? Everyone has one. Everyone has one. Well, talk about spot on. Actually, we'll just set it back. Give it to uh, give it to Gary back there, and if somebody comes in, you can hand it. You can hand them to uh, to them. Second Peter chapter one, beginning with verse one says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, may the grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him. That's that's the key. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything. We actually are not supposed to ever lack any good thing. Because he's given them to us. But how do we receive them? We receive them through the knowledge of him. And how do we gain knowledge? How do we we gain knowledge of God? Reading Reading his word. Yes. You can get it by hearing a sermon. Uh, going to a Bible study, but primarily the most important uh, way to get the knowledge of God is to read the Bible for yourself. That is, it just, there is no shortcut uh, to it in, in the long run. You know, okay, uh, who here feels like you just really have this all nailed? You know God inside and out, everything's, you know, you, you have him pegged, you have, you know what he's going to do next. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, has anybody been going to church for 30 years? 40 years, 50 years, right, exactly. I won't go any higher than that. I'll stop right there. Yeah, you're welcome. 80 years. <laughs> um, but that's the deal. We've been going to church for six years and we don't have it figured out, do we? But it, it's a combination of both, but it is primarily because where does a, where does a preacher get his, get his sermon from? He gets it from the Word. And so we can't, you know, we can kind of do a shortcut there, but there's a point when God expects you to feed yourself and grow yourself and then start to help others to grow. And that comes through the knowledge of Him, which is through His Word, who called us to His own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may be partakers of the divine nature he's given us his actual divine nature it's ours in what what is his divine nature do you have any idea what what his divine nature is what is god's nature love, love. perfect yeah good what else Holiness. Holiness. Holiness, yep. Truth. Truth. Yeah, we know this stuff, don't we? Pardon? Goodness. Goodness. 
mercy. I mean, it's it, he's he's given us all those things, and if we have those, we have everything. It's all ours. All right. Through his glory and excellence, precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, we all be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, we have a lot of instructions here. We're supposed to have faith, and then from faith, we're supposed to add virtue. And, for, and then under your virtue, you're supposed to add knowledge. And then from knowledge, you're supposed to add on self-control and steadfastness and godliness and brotherly affection and love. Okay, we started out with love. We talked about love last week. But love is the kind of a that's the culmination if we're we're nowhere near that one how can we do any of the other things we're not we're not able to to, to do that how are we able to fulfill uh having faith in all things anybody here who has faith in absolutely everything and you never waver and you never have a problem with it exactly not myself either virtue <laughs> um, knowledge we'll just move right along to knowledge self-control st- all those things are seemingly are unattainable. So how do we do this? Because he's saying he's expecting us to do it. It's an expectation. He's, he's not saying, you know, if you get bored, this may be to, you know, a good Bible study to do to, you know, maybe, you know, just, you know, kind of tune things up a little bit. No, he's saying this is what's going to keep you from falling. This is what's going to keep you from being ineffective. And, we're, and as we go into these end days... And I keep using that as a reference because that's what's on everybody's head. That's what everybody is, is, is concerned about. What, what are we doing here? Where, where are we in the timeline of eternity? Well, in the timeline of eternity, in, in, in the reality of it, is we're in Occupy Till I Come. We're, so, we're supposed to be doing the same things they did at the beginning now. And, and if he doesn't come back for another 300 years, we're supposed to be doing the same things then as we're doing now. You know, we're, we're supposed to be consistently walking this out. And, and, and are we? You know, that, that could be the next test. I didn't give that. Are we consistently doing the things that, that Christians are supposed to be doing? Well, the truth of it is, no. The church sure isn't. The church as a whole isn't. If the church actually had, you know, had, had used the 2,000 years to do what it was supposed to do, we'd be done. The whole the, the gospel, uh, my brothers, 
my brothers and uh, their sons have a uh, texting stream that that uh, we just you know they're all there's all these subjects somebody has a random thought and then we talk you know they talk about it through text and goes here and there well with the fires out west and the the uh, the, the uh, hurricanes and the and the the earthquake in Mexico and the you know the, about all the floods in Africa that's been going on I mean with all of the world disasters with with Kim Jong-un you know playing you know chicken with the with the button you know with all the things that are going on in the world one of my brothers wrote is this it and I wrote no which he didn't think was funny he said why and I said because the Bible says then the gospel will be preached to the whole world then the end will come we're, we're just prolonging this by not doing what the church is supposed to do, and that's preach the gospel to the whole world. And every day, new people are being born. So, you know, we're, we're playing a constant trying to catch up game, and, and, we're, and then accept, and instead, we're playing games, the church as a whole. We, then, as individuals, need to make a decision not to, not to continue to do that. And the way we do that is we get serious about this. So, if we struggle with these things, how in the world are we supposed to do all that we, all that we're supposed to do? Uh, you know, the first one, love. And the answer, as we go back up to here, is the heading for tonight. It's the topic for tonight: grace and peace. Grace and peace. First Corinthians one, chapter one, verse three says, "Grace to you and peace from." God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I just put down down here at the bottom of page one, I put every time that greeting was used. It was used at the beginning of most of Paul's letters, Peter's letters, John's letters. It was the thing they said to each other. But I want to share with I want to, I want to challenge you with tonight. It's more than just a greeting. It's more than just a, hey, how are you doing? They were saying something back then. They were making a statement. They were, they were speaking spiritual language. And I want to look at these two words, grace and peace, because they knew the only way they were going to make it through was grace and peace. And so they kept reminding each other, hey, grace and peace to you. God's grace to you. His peace beyond you. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. So tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to take those two words and we're going to study them out a bit, um, do a, a mini word study on them. I obviously it's not ex exhaustive or extensive, but it will. It, I believe it'll open our eyes. So, what are these authors saying? The word grace in the Strong's is charis, C A R I S is how we spell it in English, um, X-A, or the A with the, the thing on it, R-I-S. Um, it's favor, disposed to, inclined, favorable towards, leaning towards, to share properly grace. Charis is preeminently used of the Lord's favor. It's freely extended to give himself away to people. Because he is always leaning towards them, which means like like that we would say it in uh, modern English, inclined to. You know, uh, if if uh, how would I say it? If um, um, 
somebody came and they said, you know, hey, can you borrow my car? Right now, I would be inclined to say no. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be leaning towards you. I'd be, I'd be, you know, leaning away. But here, what what he's saying is, God is always inclined towards us. His favor, his grace is towards us. He wants you to succeed. And he's given you everything you need to succeed. He's actually given you more than you. I mean, it's he's given it all here. Just use this and go succeed. He paid for it with the blood of his own son. Jesus died on the cross so that he could give us his grace. Remember the verse that says uh, to... Uh, um, he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace means that if that he's saying, hey, if you're humble here, everything I have is yours. But the moment you think you can do this by yourself, good luck. He's a, he, he's a gentleman. You know, he, he's a, he's a, uh, he's smart. Because if he keeps giving us grace and we're doing it in our own strength and we're think, we think we're doing it in our own strength and he keeps helping us and giving us the benefit of his grace, even when we're proud, then we just keep getting more and more puffed up. It becomes more and more dangerous for us. The moment he experiences resistance, pride, he says, okay, go right ahead. You do it. And we all know what happens then. We all know. We start to fail immediately. It gets ugly real quick. Okay? Charis, grace, refers to God freely extending himself, his favor, his grace, reaching to people because he is deposed, disposed to bless them. He wants to bless us. I mean, we're made in his image. He loves us. As he said, he loves us so much, he sent Jesus, even while we were still sinners. He didn't wait for us to get saved, get cleaned up, be good, and then go, okay, now I'll give you this stuff. No, his grace started with Jesus. He gave Jesus. For 4,000 years, from, from Adam until uh, before Jesus, they were just living under the, the, the age of good luck. If you do things my way, then there are some things that will work for you. Some of it was just natural. You know, you do things a certain way, you're going to be blessed. You, you know, you be generous, and then that that has its own uh, uh, impetus to it. But when Jesus came on the scene, all of a sudden he could give grace to anyone who called on the name of Jesus, even if they didn't do things right, even if they were still screw ups like you guys. <laughs> His, his grace was extended because the, the limitation of his relationship was taken away through the blood of Jesus. All of a sudden, he could give grace to anyone who humbled themselves and said, I, I just, I can't do this. I, I need what Jesus has. Here you go. And the sooner the better. I, I don't know about you guys. I can, only, I can only talk about myself. But there were things that happened so much easier in the first year after getting saved than they do now. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious is because back then I knew it had nothing to do with me. Nothing. But then the longer you're a Christian, you start thinking you, got, you know some stuff. You know? That you got some stuff figured out. And that pride creeps in and then I, you know, I don't, 
I'm not uh, walking in humility, and he doesn't have to bless. He's going, okay, good, have, have at it. There's been too many times where he said, now you know what you can do, watch what I can do. It always comes right after I say, I'm so sorry, what an idiot, please forgive me. Please forgive me, Father, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I blew it, I blew this one again. He goes, okay, good, now, now watch what I can do, and then, oh, amazing. Okay? So, grace is something that God does. We can give grace to other people, but godly grace is not something we acquire. It's not something we earn. It's not something we, we deserve. It's not something that we, we barter for with God. Oh, God, you know, I promise that I will uh, go to church every Sunday, and uh, if you help me in this area, that, he doesn't play that game. Now, you know, you might say, well, wait a second. I've heard of people who got saved in the foxhole during a battle and said, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Well, okay, they got out of it because of the grace of God. It wasn't because he was going, okay, I know that's you're so honest. You're going to do everything that I tell you to do. No, they were humbling themselves in that moment, and he saved them. Praise God. I mean, glory to God. But he's not, he's not a barter. It's not a, a trade-off. It's something that he does. Too many times we feel we have to do something to make this work. When it is totally in his power, ability, and plan to work through you. He wants to do this through you. And here's the, here's the interesting thing. He does it through you. And when somebody else sees it happen, what do they see? They see you doing it. Okay? So, uh, Paul. Paul is on the ship. He's in chains. The, the storm comes up. Uh, he has a vision, says nobody goes overboard or, or everybody's going to die. Or, you know, or whoever goes over is going to be lost. So we're going to ride the storm out. They rolled the storm out. They got to the shore. Yeah, they start making a fire. It's snoop. Snake goes, you know, bites his hand, and he doesn't die. He just shakes it off. He doesn't die, and, and they go, they go, "You're a god." And he goes, "No, I'm a man just like you." They, but they, what they saw was him work a miraculous thing. So they're they're attributed to him, but he's saying, "No, no, 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 no." We see that all, all you know, a number of places in the in the New Testament where that sort of thing happens. In the Old Testament, we see Nebuchadnezzar. Look at the city that I have built. And when he did that, boom, he's gone. You know, he went crazy. All right, we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how good you are. You you like grass or something. <laughs> <laughs> you like you're a veggie. You're you're a vegetarian. Okay, well, good luck. Yeah. But people, that's where the humility has to continue to come in. Um, uh, Moses. Moses, all the miracles that happen in Egypt, all the miracles that happen as they're crossing the, the, the Red Sea, the desert, all the miracles that happen to feed millions of people day after day and water for, for the people and their livestock day after day, miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. The Bible says that Moses was the most humble man ever to be on the earth ever to live why because he kept going <laughs> it's not me it's really not me 
I'm just being obedient here. The sooner we learn that, that it's him doing it through us, the better off we're going to be. We struggle with love. What makes it, what makes us think that we can add any of these other attributes? Every one of these attributes is by grace. It's all by grace. Grace alone. The, the reformed thinkers of today have a saying that they use. They say, uh, it's Christ alone through grace alone, or by grace alone through faith alone. It's by grace alone. It is not anything to do with you and I. It isn't because I'm smart. It isn't because I'm good. If anything good here, uh, who was that that sang that song back in the 90s? If anything good happens here tonight, it's because of Jesus. That's the, that is the, 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 has to be our mentality. That when somebody comes and goes, oh, your guys' marriage is so beautiful. It's just amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's God because I'd kill him. You know, (laughs) if it was left up to me, you know, it's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God that you can be generous. It's by the grace of God that you can be good. It's by the grace of God that you can be wise. It's all by the grace of God. The sooner we learn that and, and, and and stop trying to strive to achieve something. How do you know if you're trying to strive to achieve something? You toil. It doesn't work. It doesn't feel good, does it? I mean, you can get some things done. You can be, you can mechanically say the right things and do the right things, but there's no peace there. We'll talk about peace in a second. There's no peace in it. Lack of surrender. Lack of surrender. And that lack of surrender, what is lack of surrender? spot on it's pride by even by even saying no i'm going to try this one more time myself that's pride or by golly we're going to make this work no that's pride you cannot do it we all fall back into it though don't we i do i i do i i i regularly have to check myself regularly have to check my motives Check my 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 operation. Why I'm why and how I'm doing what I'm doing. I think it's really important because churches can really fall into spiritual pride mm-hmm. and it can be over over the whole group. It yeah. happens easily. Mm-hmm. God's really moving in a situation beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hard time is not when the church is in need. The hard time is when we're in plenty. Because when you're in plenty, all of a sudden you can start thinking, yeah, of course. We got right. this. We got this. We, come and learn from us because we've figured some things out. <laughs> every, every teaching on anything that we've ever done right needs to start with, it ain't us. I, I love what uh, John Osteen said. Uh, John Osteen's son is Joel. Joel. John Osteen, who started the church, he had a church of 200 people for over 20 years. Just 20, you know, 200 people, nice, good church, but this is Texas, okay? Texas, you add water, mega church started. But he had 200 people for 20 years. After 20 years, it exploded 2,000, 4,000, 6,000. Boom, 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 boom. They added more water this week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he, 
they went to him. And, uh, some magazine went to him and said, oh, so Brother Osteen, what did you do to make this change? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He was honest. He goes, I, I don't know what we did. We didn't do anything different. Oh, come on. You're just being modest. No, he's being honest. It is modest. But it's also being honest. He, he says, we did the same things we always do. It's God who gives the increase. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can go to every church growth inst- you know, uh, uh, seminar. I quit going to church growth seminars because it became do this, this, and this. Do this, this uh, step, then this step, this. And we guarantee you'll be a mega church. And you'll be up here speaking at our conference next year. No. You keep honoring his word. You keep being obedient daily. You keep doing what he does. And who knows? Who knows how long it will take? It isn't about time. You know, people want to judge your process or your progress by numbers. People want to judge how good of a church it is by, and I still, I go to a conference and I know, I, 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 I'm almost taking bets. How big is your church? How many are you running? How many are running? How many are you running? <laughs> the, best, the best line I ever heard was Thomas Longke. Somebody would ask me, so how many people do you have in your church? He said, 15,000. Oh, really? He said, they said, all in just one location? He goes, well, yeah, sort of. I mean, you know, our, our town is 15,000, and one day they'll all come to our church. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, does that really matter? Jesus, at the end of his life, as he's hanging on the cross, everyone left him. He looked like a failure on his last day on earth. You know, his physical first life, obviously, but his, his life on earth. His ministry looked like a failure. He, he was killed at the hands of his opponents. His, his, he's, he's not only just killed, he's killed horrifically, and, and, he's, and he's shamed publicly. And all of his followers flee. He, he's a failure. He gets, he, he's, he's, he's counted among sinners. And his, his enemies laughed and scoffed at him. He was a failure. No, he was the ultimate winner. In that moment of absolute, what seemed to everybody else like failure, he won. That takes humility. One of the best sermons Jesus preached was to one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one? Nicodemus. Because there was the woman at the well. That was amazing. Not too bad either. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the woman caught... The, the, woman, the woman caught in, the, uh, in, in adultery. I mean, amazing stuff. And he was focused on one person. Exactly. You know, I was thinking of John. This John guy was preaching Sunday night about uh, to be glory carriers. You know, I, I thought about that. And I've always kind of tried to teach people to be grace carriers. You know, I haven't talked too much about being glory carriers. So it kind of struck a nerve, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could do both. Well, here, here, here's a thought. Here's a thought. We, we, we be grace carriers and the glory comes. Oh, yeah, that's a good thought. That's, you know, why you're the boss. that's why that's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> but but you know you're exactly you know to say that we're somehow going to work up something and I'm I'm not I, I'm not even thinking about John's sermon. That's the Lord He wants you to hear. He has a he has a speaking engagement. He wants you to t- teach on that right there. He wants you to teach on that. Yeah, I gotta call you back, Lord. Really, Lord, it's a class. Okay. All right. 
So, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Amen. Working together with him. Don't, don't, it says here, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Another, another verse we're going to find here says, frustrate the grace. You know, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> We have to work with him. As we work with him, he then does the work through us. But it isn't we do it and hope the best. Oh God, bless our hand, bless the work of our hands. You know, we're going to do this plan, and you you follow behind us and make it work. Uh, bring the souls in. We're we're working as hard as we can here, Lord. But uh, you 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 clean it up here for us. Ephesians three verse seven. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Everything that we have, you know, if if um, I have friends who I say, you know, hey, that was a great sermon. Oh, grace of God. You know, and that's true. That is, it's the grace of God to do that. Um, it isn't anyone out there who says, look at me, I've, I've arrived immediately is in the crosshairs. <laughs> they've, they've exposed themselves. All right. Paul urges us to not receive the grace of God in vain. Don't, he's already given it to us. Don't squander it. We don't have to go looking for it. It's already ours. We don't have to earn it. We don't, we don't have to deserve it. Just by getting up in the morning, acknowledging him, Saying, God, I'm in. I'm here. I, I need to hear your voice today. What do I need to do today? I'm going to put put every all of my resources at your hand. I want to follow you. Let you know. Show me what to do. By humbling ourselves in that way, His grace is immediately available. We don't have to go. Well, I'm going to make it till nine, Lord. Hopefully, you come through by then. It it starts immediately. His grace. It's when we get out ahead of him. Okay, I got this plan, this plan, this plan, and this plan. Uh, then I'm going to stop and seek the Lord and uh, get get aligned with him. Yeah, well, then we just did a whole bunch of things by 10 o'clock that didn't mean anything. We worked too hard. So don't take that grace. Don't, don't uh, not receive the grace <clears throat> because of our pride. And he was made a minister according to grace. So we must rest and receive in the process for it to be accomplished. You notice in there, there's no words about work harder. There's nothing in there about uh, try harder. It doesn't say anything in there about uh, make less mistakes. Nowhere. It's about receive. Receive, uh, rest, allow him to work through you. But to be able to rest what do you have to be able to do? And I know that's a vague one, and I could be anything. And you know, that's I hate when teachers try to, you know, lead you in a direction, and that it's so big that you know you, you'll make you miss. You have to be confident that it's there. And and that's that is probably the that you you couldn't get much closer without saying the exact word. You have to trust. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have to have you have to trust him that he'll come through. You know, what's the verse say? That, uh, that uh, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
Well, um, well, there's a first part. What's the first part? It's not. It's, it's eluding me right for a second. Oh God! Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that, and and we must know. We must know that He is. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So um, we have to trust that if we do the, you know, we're confident in the fact that if if we put it in His feet, that He'll take care of it. But too many times we put it at His feet, pick it up. Put it at his feet, pick it up. Put it at his feet, okay, this time, and pick it up. Because we don't trust. I think that's probably the biggest thing I've seen in people is they've had that trust eroded. You know, they trust it, they say it go the way, the trust gets eroded. And then we've got to fight to get back to Why do you think the trust gets eroded? That's a good point. Because people get hurt. And why do they get hurt? Because it didn't go the way they want it to go. Yeah, they didn't go. The way they expected it. They yeah, if your expectations unrealized usually brings anger mm-hmm. and uh, mistrust. Mm-hmm. So then, you, you know, as I always say, as ministers of reconciliation, it's our job to try to bring, you know, give the word. Bring him back under that trust. So let and, and and so let's go one step deeper. Why didn't it happen the way they thought it should? Well, you asked it. Who said that? What was it? Give him a give him a give him a big hug. I didn't hear what you said. Why? He said because of lack of knowledge. Why don't things? Why do people get? Discouraged and 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 hurt and, and what was the other word you said? Because you said it better than I am right now. Disappointed. Why do people get dis- get disappointed? It's because the expectation wasn't fulfilled the way they wanted it to. Why wasn't the expectation fulfilled the way they wanted it to? Because they're expecting something that isn't real. It has to be the word. It has to be the word of God. It has to be what He really promised. And don't you think sometimes, at least for me, God will give you a piece. Mm-hmm. And I can cock the whole story beyond that. Oh, yeah. right? He gives me a piece, and I, I put these plans, okay, this is going to happen and that and that. And I build a whole story around one piece. Mm-hmm. And it don't go to value plan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we need the whole picture. How do we get the whole picture? The knowledge of Him. The more time we spend in it, or with him, this morning. Well, the more time we spend in him, the more time we spend in the Word, we, he gives us more, more of the picture, and more of the picture, and more of the picture. Um, one of the biggest things that people get discouraged about is they're not healed the way they think they should be. They prayed and they didn't receive the healing. Well, now I'm discouraged and now I'm upset, and I don't know why, but I did my part right. Okay, I know some things about myself, and I know some things about God. He doesn't make mistakes, and I do. <laughs> and, and I know, I know that doesn't that doesn't what people that isn't what people want to hear. But the reality is, is God. There is a right way to do things. We've talked about this before, talking about healing. There are things that are biblically real, biblically solid. We can trust them with everything. And if those don't work, then we're in trouble. But they don't, it isn't, they're not, they're not going to not work. We do it the right way. We believe the right way. We, we lead the right way. We raise our kids the right way. You know, uh, 
I look at my at my kids. My kids are great. You know my kids. I love my kids. They're amazing. Okay, but they're not perfect. And when I look at why they're not perfect, it's always Deb's fault. I mean, I just <laughs> she's not here. She she is she's feeling just a little better than I am right now, and she didn't have to teach tonight, so she's resting. But um, no, it's my fault. If you know, it's either something I did do <clears throat> that causes them to be that way, or something I didn't do. It's my fault. I admit it. it. You know, I or or I missed it. I missed the symptoms. I missed the the situation, and I didn't parent in a way that needed to deal with that. And it's not. And I can't beat myself up. I just missed it. I didn't see it. Okay. They're also human. Okay. I, I'm human. My dad didn't wasn't perfect either. But you know. So glad I had him. So so glad I had my mother. I mean, we're we're all where we are. But it's the reason we get discouraged is things don't happen the way we think they should, and the way they don't. The reason they don't happen the way they think we think they should is because we don't have the whole picture. We don't have the truth. Uh, Jesus is talking to Moses and, and Elijah on the mountain, and what is Peter's takeaway? I mean, okay, think about this. Jesus glowing. Peter, uh, uh, Jesus glowing, Moses there, Elijah there, talking about the end, talking about Jesus' death. I mean, all, all this awesomeness. And what does Peter want to do? Well, let's make some tents. Build a shrine. Okay, let's build a shrine. His takeaway was wrong. He was right there looking at it, and his takeaway was wrong. What is it? Why do we think that living in the world we do, I've never seen Jesus. I've never seen an angel. I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen anybody glow. Maybe you have. I haven't. But if, if, if he's right there at that moment and has the wrong takeaway, why do you think we have everything all figured out? We have the, the full truth about everything. But how do we get the full truth? We get in his word. We're going to keep coming back to that every single time. It's the word of God. It's the Bible. And maybe you won't have the full answer today, but you'll have more of it. And maybe you won't have the full answer tomorrow, but you'll have more of it. Some people have a choice you know, because you deal with all kinds of adversity. I think people have a choice to make a little bit of trust the Lord. For me to tell them they don't have the knowledge, I think it can help right at the time. Oh, it's not going to help. No, no, you know, they're, they're, you know, I, I, I go through the scripture, unless I believe that's either goodness of the Lord and the land of the living, I would have lost hope. Yeah. You know, uh, we slay me, I'll trust him. You know, that's what that's. It may not help. Let me, let me rephrase my statement. It may not help. Some people it will help. Some people, if that's. Some people are not in the right place. There's been times when I've not been in the right place and I did not need to hear what somebody was, the, the truth that somebody was telling. I don't know. So I get that. I, I totally get that. And I think we can demonstrate. Deep trust in God through our own trials. Yeah. You know, and I think that speaks louder than anything. Amen. And we get back to grace. The greater revelation that we have of how much God loves us, the easier it is for us to trust Him. Absolutely. So it goes back to love. Yes. The the the, the one the, the thing that keeps coming up through this whole conversation is the, uh, the the parable of the talents. To one he gave one, to get, one he gave five, one he gave ten. Five and ten multiplied it. One didn't. And, it, and he said, the reason I didn't multiply it is I, I, I knew you were a hard man. Is God a hard taskmaster? He didn't know God. 
He he had a wrong view of the master. He had, which is he's talking about God. He had a he he looked at God and says, you know, I know you're a rough guy. I'm going to give you back exactly what you gave me. That way we don't have anything hard between. And we don't. We, I haven't messed up. And the master said, you didn't know me. You didn't you didn't understand. Because you want because you think I'm hard. Now you're going to see hard. So all right, moving on. <coughs> Excuse me. Resting and receiving is not completely passive, though. We do have a role in the process, and that role is yielding and obedience. Hebrews 4.11 and 12 says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. So we're striving now to enter rest. Now, it seems like an oxymoron when you first read it, but it's not. It's not an oxymoron. Uh, when we understand what that, what, the, what it's actually saying, strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's the other thing: is God, God doesn't just judge our actions; He in, he, he judges our intentions. He, under, he, he understands the thoughts that, we, that led us to make the decision that we did. But it says to strive. Strive to enter rest. Strive doesn't mean... No, it just means keep heading in that direction. I want rest. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I, today I messed up a little bit, but tomorrow I'm, I'm going to continue. Lord, I trust you. Help me to trust you more. Help me to rest in you more that you're going to do this. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me because I blew it today. Today I, I took it on myself and I really messed it up. But I, I, my endeavor is daily to enter his rest. To where I'm just trusting him every step of the way. Each of these are either character or personality traits. God will lead you to act a certain way. But you have to act. When, when we're looking at these, this list of things, faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, God will lead you to the right place and the right, right timing to live that way, to make that decision. Um, you know, virtue, uh, knowledge. You know, we, we can grow in knowledge, but we can get led to it. But whether we actually engage in it is up to us. And he'll give you the grace to do the knowledge part. When I was in college, um, I, uh, I, I was taking at times 18 to 20 credits because I needed to get done quick because I had a family and I had, you know, I had debts and I needed to be making money. So I was carrying 20, 18 to 20 credits per semester. Plus, I was commuting an hour each direction every day. So 10 hours on the road every, every week. And I was working at the YMCA camp 20 to 30 hours a week all weekends, all day Saturday, Sunday afternoons, a couple of evenings as I had time, or mornings if I had a, if I had later classes, and we were part of the church, and I was working at the youth group, volunteering with the youth group at Abundant Life, and then all of that, and married. Oh, did I tell you I was married? I forgot about that every once in a while during that time, and uh, the wife reminded me. Um, but I had all of that going on, and one day, one morning, 
Uh, Sunday morning, Pastor Dan stands up, uh, Dan Dennison, he's, he was te- pastor of the church in, in Abundant, or at Abundant Life at that time. Starting in September, we're going to start Buffalo School of the Bible. One night a week for three hours every Tuesday night, we're going to have a Bible school at the church. And I just think everybody should be a part of it. It's a great thing. And I'm thinking, I'm going to slip that right in somewhere between work, school, life, sleep, everything else. And I wrote it off. I wrote, I wrote it off. I was like, no, that is the one thing I'm not adding to my schedule in this situation. So in that, on that Sunday morning, no, not going to do it. Got home. I'm sitting there. Guess what? I, all I could think about all afternoon was Buffalo School of the Bible. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense. So I just kept pushing it out of my mind. Got in the car to drive for the to, to stout that next morning. I'm driving along. All I could think about was Buffalo School of the Bible. What? You have got to be three hours, three more hours on top of everything else, and homework, and papers, and all the stuff that goes with that class. That would be like taking 21, no, 21 credits. 22 credits at college. You've got, and, and come on, Lord, I'll read my Bible. I promise. You know, I'll do it. All I could think about for days was Buffalo School of Life. I said, okay, Lord, I will do whatever you tell me to do. But I don't know how it's going to work. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. He says, you do this and I'll take care of everything else. I'll take care of it all. I said, okay. For the next two years, every Tuesday night I went to, I, I did my class, I went to, I did my homework, I did my assignments, and everything else got easier. I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know, everything, all my grades were good, the, the commute became fun, the, my work, I, it would increase, it's just like, God, there was a grace on it that was, was spiritual, it was amazing. And I was like, well, glory to God. Okay, now that doesn't mean that we're going to add four more things to your list this week and you all have to do them. No, because if he doesn't give you the grace to do it, you don't do it. You know, you don't do it because somebody else does it. You do it because he leads you to do it. He'll lead you there, but then you have to do it. There's been all kinds of things he's given us grace to do. There was a time when, we were, when, when they were receiving an offering to pay off the building in, in River Falls. And uh, I'm sitting there, and Pastor Dan says, you know, pray about a number. Whatever God, whatever number God puts in there, you just pray about that, and then you decide if you're going to give that. Well, I got a number, and I went, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I thought, I'm off the hook, because Deb is way more frugal than I am, and there's no way she's given that number, okay? So I didn't even mention it. I thought, no, I, I can't give that number. So we get in the car, and we're driving home, and she says, uh, uh, did you uh, pray about a number? I was like, uh-huh. She said, what was it? I said, uh-uh. <laughs> you first. She goes, why? And I said, because I'm the man. And I say, you're first. No, I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> Ladies first. That's a good one. I said, no, really, what, you know, I, I, I'll trust you. What did you say? She gave me the exact same number. And I said, well, now what are we going to do about it? She goes, well, we're going to give it. I mean, God gave her the grace to give that amount. We're in college, okay? College, bills, no fun. I mean, no, we ate bean soup for four, bean and ham soup, four days in a row 
for months. <laughs> Thursday was horrible around our house. <laughs> four days a week, we ate bean soup, bean and ham soup for four days in a row. And on Friday night, we'd go to uh, uh, Pizza Hut and we would get two large priazzos. And we would just sit there and eat something other than ham and bean soup. And then we had two, and we would always take one home, and then we'd eat that whenever we couldn't take bean soup anymore. We would have, you know, we'd heat up a slice of pizza out of the freezer. I mean, co college students living at the very edge. You mean you want us to give that amount? It had to be the grace of God. But because of the grace of God, we gave that amount, and two years later, when we had nothing, we, we were looking at, Deb, Deb's time was cut, her hours were cut, her money was cut. Just to give you an idea, I was in college and I couldn't work. I was student teaching. The year before, she made 13000 that year. So we're paying for school, living in, a, in, a, in an apartment, doing all the things. I'm commuting still back and forth, and we were living on 13000 a year. The next year, this year we were going into, her time was cut in half. They, well, her time wasn't. They expected. They asked her to work the, the full time, the full forty-hour week, for seven thousand six hundred dollars that year. For nine months of school, they were only going to pay her seven thousand six hundred. And that year, I couldn't work, could not work at all. And I'm sitting in the living room, going, "God, what do you do? I don't know what to do. I have no idea what to do." And I'm listening to the radio, and on the radio, Sid Hartman says, oh, by the way, I'm looking for somebody to be a caretaker at my house on the St. Croix River. Start taking down all the information, send my resume, and out of 350 resumes, he pulled mine out and said, I want to hire you. Lived in a mansion on the St. Croix River. He is my, was, I don't think he remembers me. <laughs> he doesn't remember much anymore, and I'm out you know, on that one, but... But lived in a mansion, drove an MG midget for fun because he just wanted to hit, wanted the car to be drove. We had tennis courts and swimming pools. We had we had jacuzzis. We had boats. We had yachts. We, I mean, I had we could do anything in that place. It was our house. They only lived there a couple days a year. I mean, they only came to visit and have parties there. One day I said, Lord, why are we so blessed? Because you, did, you, you put that money in the offering plate when I told you to. Yeah. Well, the only way we could do it was the, His grace. Yeah. It wasn't because we were so smart. <laughs> Trust me. I didn't want to do it. She didn't want to do it. But we did it because He gave us the grace to do it. That's how grace works. <clears throat> it's Him doing things through us. So, God will lead you to act in a certain way. But you, you have to be the one who acts. The Holy Spirit will highlight an expectation, but we must follow through on it. God will not force you to be virtuous. He will not force you to increase in knowledge. And he will not force you to have self-control. His grace is available, but we should not take it for granted. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the, through the law, 
then Christ died for no purpose. Now, obviously, Galatians is talking about he's, he's just ripping on these guys who are trying to make, make everybody live by the law. But what it, this verse says the same thing, that it's, it's him that lives through us by grace. And don't nullify that. Just work with him. Cooperate with him, and he'll lead you through. So then we get to the word peace. Romans chapter 14. It is 732. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. That word is irene. Irene. Probably from a a primary verb, peace. Literally or figuratively, it's the implication of prosperity, one, peace, quietness, rest. It's the idea of, it's, 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 it's peace in the idea of rest. You just, you, you're, you're not worried that what you're believing in is going to work. You're not worried about all the bad outcomes that might happen. Peace is a constant state of rest. You're not stressed about the process. You're not nervous about failure. You're not fretting about past failures or future trials. But that is what most people do. That's where we spend our time. We're, we spend our, t- our time not in peace. We, 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 we start to believe God. We pray. We, we put our expectation on God fulfilling something for us. And then we think about all the things that could go wrong. And how do we know they go wrong? Because they went wrong before. But why did they go wrong before? Because God didn't do it right? Or couldn't do it? Or didn't want to do it? No, it might be because you were sitting there worried about the last time it didn't work. All the times it didn't work. It's, it's, it's not because God doesn't care. He does care. And he's provided us everything we need. The sooner we believe that. Now, I'm going to stop just for a second because... I, I know I hammer this point, and I hammer it for a reason, because it's truth. And I know not everybody wants to hear it, because it's, it's, it's a hard hump to get over, because we have a whole bunch of pasts. We all have pasts where things have not gone the way we expected and wanted to, needed them to go at the moment. But the reason, it, it's, it's still truth. And how do we get there? Because then it's like, okay, well, now I have to try harder to enter his rest and be at peace and to trust him more and then okay i'm gonna and we grit our teeth no there's only one way to truly grow in peace and that's going i can't do this i stop i'm done i'm done and truly and truly from your heart saying it i've told the story a billion times and you'll hear it a billion more because it's my testimony Debbie, my wife, premature birth to my son. She's lying on the bed. The doctor comes in and said if she doesn't uh, evacuate her her, uh, kidneys in the next 20 to 30 minutes, she'll be dying. She is dying right now. I'm laying on the floor because that's where I'd spent the night. I'd slept on the floor that night. And I'd only sat up to talk to him because I heard him come in. He was real quiet, but I just sat up. And, and he started, I said, how's she doing? And he goes, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not good. 
She's not, if, her, if, her, if she doesn't start to urinate, she will die. Her kidneys have stopped working and now it's just a matter of time. He left the room. I laid back down. And the only thing I could pray was, I'm done. I can't do this. And not in this giving up on hope, giving up on faith. No, 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 no. I knew who I was believing in. What I was saying was, God, I can't fix this. There's nothing I can do. I can't heal her. I can't give her the right drug. I can't give her one of my kids. I can't do anything to make this right. I trust you. I trust you. And that was it. That's all I prayed. And all of a sudden, peace. It wasn't because I tried harder. It was, I came to the end of myself. You know, I came to the end of any kind of pride I had. I, I actually, there was more that I prayed. You know, I, I said, Lord, I'm not faith man. <laughs> I know I'm not faith man. I can't, I don't have the right words here. But I trust you. Which, you know what? That was the right words. Those were the right words. I said, I trust you. And I just, a peace came over me. I went and took a shower. I came back and there's a nurse working next to her bed. I said, is she any better? And she goes, any better? This is the fourth bag I've changed out in the last five minutes. Everything started to work instantaneously. Glory to God. Because he's able. He is able. There was no indication why it should have changed other than peace. You know what, God? I trust you. Because that's it. That is my last hope. We don't, we don't try to make this happen. I'm believing for healing. I'm believing in healing for healing in a couple of areas of my body. And I get up and it takes me about four steps to get everything worked out, and then I can walk straight again. And I'm going, you know, that hasn't healed yet. I'm not going to fake it. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. It's not working exactly the way it's supposed to work. And it's like, okay, you know what, God? I can't make that work. I've already gone to the doctor. I've gone to a therapist. I've done, I've done the exercises. I've done everything faithfully. There's nothing more I can do about this. I trust you. I trust you. And then there'll be a time when all of a sudden, that hasn't hurt. I can't remember the last time it hurt. I praise God. We got this figured out. (laughs) (laughs) But it's resting. It's that it's that idea of rest. You can't work up faith. You can't make it happen. Faith comes because you trust the one who gave who gave his word. And then you just put it in his hand and you walk away from it. Here you go. Uh, a loved one that you're worried about, you know, sickness, uh, foolish decisions they're making, whatever it may be. Lord, help person A. Help person A. And I'm going to stop trying to help person A. You know, I mean, you're still there. You still talk to them. You love them. You still pray for them. But I can't fix them. I'm going to put them into your hands. My little brother was that way. My little brother was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. He had divorced his first wife. He was on his way to divorcing his second wife. He was living, his life was a living hell. I tried to witness to him. I tried to send him messages. I tried to encourage him. And every time, all I did was, all I did was make him matter. I drove home from a wedding one night, and the devil attests to it. Cried the whole way. Because once again, he rejected the grace of God. And I wasn't even being a jerk. I was just being a brother. I loved him. I love him. 
I finally said, okay, God, this is your deal. I pray that you bring somebody across this path because it's not me. I know I'm not going to answer this. I'm not his answer. I give up. I put him into your hands. I trust that you can do something. Bring somebody across this path. Time later, I don't remember how long it was, I get a phone call. Hey, John, could you send a, a tape of one of your sermons to this address? He said, why? <laughs> Whose address is this? Oh, it's not for me. If you think it's for me, it's not for me. No, I, I, I was calling on a business in California, and I get to know this lady that, that's behind the desk every time I go there, and we started talking, and she asked me where my family was and what they, a little bit of, and she says, well, she found out you were a pastor, and she got all excited because she's a Christian, and, and then she starts telling me about her faith and about her church, and, about, and I'm going, glory to God, <laughs> because he did it. I didn't have to do it. I, I, I put my trust in him. I rested in his ability to do it, even without me working the strings, pulling the strings in the background. But we like to pull the strings. We like to pull the strings. This piece is a constant state of rest. You're not stressed about the process, the failure, the, the nervous about the future, or the possibility of failures or future trials. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope, filling you with joy and peace, just in the believing. God, you've got this. I've asked you for it. I've been biblically, I, you know, biblically we, we need to ask. We need to, to pray it through to the point where, where it's done, but then we need to put it in his hands and trust that he's going to take care of it. Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So this sounds familiar, right? In, this is the same list as Second Peter. It's almost virtually the exact same list. It's the fruit of the Spirit. We need to increase in the fruit of the Spirit. How do we increase in the fruit of the Spirit? We spend time in the Word. Bottom line. It's being in Him. Being in the Word. Being with Him. Increasing in the fruit of the Spirit situates you in a place where you cannot fail. Resting in the peace of God is extremely powerful. Being at peace with His ability to cause you to grow is essential and effective. We need to rest in the confidence that He, God, is able to do all that He has said He could do. And then Ephesians 3.20, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. He's able to do more than you can pray. I mean, you, you think that it, it, all this hinges on whether I, I pray the right prayer. No. He can do more than you can pray. He can do more than you can even think to pray. According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, I definitely wanted to get to this last part. So how does this prepare us for the days we're living in? In these last days, these last days times, Times will grow increasingly perplexing. 2 Timothy, I shared this on a Sunday morning, 2 Timothy 3.1 says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come 
times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. And then he says, you, however, this verse 10, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, and my steadfastness. All the things he wrote, uh, that Peter wrote about, he, uh, t uh, Paul is writing to Timothy. And then verse 12, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture, coming back to where do we get this from? All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In these last days, God has made a way for us to not only survive, but to thrive. When we talk about end times, and as we continue to walk through them, we have to have the right perspective. When I was, okay, how many remember the 70s? 70s, I was in a Baptist church in southern Minnesota, and they loved end times teaching. They loved to just push that button until you cried. They, they showed every video that could scare you to just, I mean, you know, you come home from school and you call and nobody's there, you know, immediately. Oh, I missed it! I missed the rancher. And then mom comes out. What? Why are you crying? You know, I mean, I mean, it just, you have a friend. He said every once in a while he'd call these old women at church because he knew if they were gone, he was in trouble. You know? And he, was, he wasn't living for God, but he knew he'd call them everyone. If they answered, he'd just hang up real quick. You know, because at least they're not gone yet. You know, I'm still good. And, uh, but you know that's when we think of end times like this this woman that was that I was talking to earlier this week her friend said you know was was nervous that they want you know she wanted to know when the end times were going to be so that she could just get in under the wire <laughs> and people watch the videos and and they read the the stories and they read the 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 revelation and they read the books about the end and and when you do, you just get this pit in your stomach, and you're just like, oh my goodness, it's going to be bad. And the problem is, we don't really know how bad it's going to get. It's going to get bad. It's going to get worse than bad. I mean, there, you know. So we can get into this mode where end times mean scary. And that's really where most of the church is at. End times equals scary. That's why 
I am putting my money on pre-rapture, okay? I just, my money is on pre-rapture. I'm going in the first one, all right? Because I am not going to be here for the for the tribulation. I don't need to see it. I'm good. I'm out of here. Amen. 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 <laughs> That's right. Ready for pre-trib? And And... The, yeah, that's right. Can't, you know, and it's just like, why, why, why would, why are we, why do we? Did Paul pray to not go to see Caesar? No, he was even warned ahead of time. Agabus comes out and says, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Or well, he said, didn't say don't go. He said, if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to bind you up and you're going to be hauled away. And, but you're going, to not, you're going to be bound up and led where you don't want to go. And everybody understood that. They said, Paul, don't go. Don't go into that tribulation. Don't go into that trial. I've had, I had, we, we had a guy call me up. I was getting onto an airplane. Don't get on the airplane. Because it's going to be bad. And was it bad? No. Oh, it was terrible. What are you talking about? Yeah, you can laugh. But I felt like I was dying once. We saw somebody die on that trip. We was on the way home. It was on the way home, but I don't care. It was on the trip, and, and our the, well, wheel didn't work on one of the airplanes. We had to make an emergency landing. I mean, oh my gosh! <laughs> it was the first time we'd ever seen. What did they call those things? It was snuggies. They were called snuggies. Snuggles. It was a it was a sleeping bag, fleece sleeping bag that you could sit in on the airplane, the jet, and you pull it up and just zip it all the way up. And you you're in this in city. Oh, this stupid. But we were laughing about that when the wheel wouldn't go up, and and we realized that. They, then they said, you know, oh, it's a, it came over came over the you know the emergency vehicles you see along the the airline here. It is. It's not a big deal. It's a standard procedure. Just relax. And the flight attendant sitting across from me going, she's hyperventilating. And because she's so scared, they had they had grief counselors the next day for the flight attendants. They didn't have any for us. They had them for the flight attendants. We got an extra free flight. We did get an extra free free flight that year. Pushed me over into silver. And no snuggie. No snuggie. That's it. <laughs> But you think, don't go, don't. I, I've actually, there's some people, I, I don't answer the phone anymore if I see it's them calling one week before I go on a mission trip because they always call and they say, well, I've been praying for you and I keep hearing danger. I don't care, stop calling me because I'm going. And the reason I'm going is not because I've heard safety, it's because I've heard go. Yeah. Of course it's gonna be dangerous. We're going into enemy territory Preaching the gospel to, 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 to a group of people that God or that Satan doesn't want them to get saved. Of course it's going to be dangerous. Don't call me and tell me it's going to be dangerous. I know it's going to be dangerous. Why don't we want to go into the tribulation? Because I may suffer. It won't be comfortable. It won't be comfortable. It could be scary. What if they try to cut off my head? That means I'm seconds away from glory. <laughs> it's having the right perspective about this. He didn't call us to barely make it to the end safely. He told us to be more than conquerors. Just before my mom passed away, I, I, we were sitting and talking to her, and she was kind of in and out of coherence. And I said, hey, mom, save me a seat up close. 
And she looked at me and she goes, I just want to get in. <laughs> you know? I said, I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but you know, if you go as a martyr, you get to sit right by the throne. Under it. Under it. You can't get any closer. I mean, foxes look at martyrs. Have you ever, has anybody here not read it? Not read it. Anybody not read it? Oh, you do need to read it. Read the, the, read the old version and also the revised with the new stories in it. Horrible ways that people were killed. Horrendous ways that they were tortured. Richard Warmbrand. You ever read the book of Ridbire, but tortured for Christ in Russia. Russia, I believe it was. Romania. Romania, Romania. but under, under Soviet. Soviet. Was he the one they stripped down naked and made him stand out in the snow? Yep. Freezing, below zero, freezing cold. He wouldn't, he wouldn't deny Christ. He wouldn't do something that they had told him to do. And they, so they stripped him down naked and made him stand out in the snow. And he stood out there shivering. And he said, okay, God, your will be done. I trust you. And he said, that warmed up to about 65 degrees where he was standing. <laughs> and they looked out the window and they got more and more mad because he's standing out there going. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the stories in the Fox's Book of Martyr, three men were going to be burned at the stake. And they said, which one of you wants to go first? And one guy says, I'll do it. The other one of the other guys says, if there's grace in the middle of it, lift one finger. So they tied him to the stake, they doused him in the oil, they lit him on fire. His body is completely uh, engulfed in flames. He looks at him and goes. Grace in the middle of it. He called us to live in this day and time because he knew you could do it. The only ones who don't think they can do it is us. He knows we can do it. He knows that you have it in you. You you hear the story of Chinese church goers, people that have been been imprisoned and and tortured for their faith. And and there was one guy who was a pastor and and they'd put him in there and they had tortured him and they had they had done all these things to him, and they said, "Now we're going to let you out. And don't ever do it again." And he said, "Okay." And so he walked out the door and started preaching to the first person he, he, he walked into. Why? Because that's who we are. And the only way you can do that is with grace and peace. I mean, there's story after story, and we don't we we think we think of the what could possibly bad go, you know, and it will be bad. It's going to be bad. But we're here for a purpose, and it's not to just barely make it. We're supposed to go out in glory. When we go, we're going to go in glory. We go in, in, in triumph. We go in power. And we have to have that. We can't you know, look at this and go, I just, you know, I'm just not. We're going to have to know in the days to come how to believe by faith for things because we won't be able to do them in the, the natural way. We'll have a choice to make. You can do it the natural way and sin. Or you can believe by faith and overcome. And if we aren't ready to make that decision now, I teach self-defense. One of the things that I tell people is you have to make a decision today. Right now, are you safe? Are you, you feel safe? You're safe and there's no, there's no physical threat right now. You have to decide today what you're going to do because in that moment, when something happens out on the street and it's, it's too late then. If you haven't made the decision of what you're going to do, you will do nothing. 
as a Christian, we have to make the decision now. I'm going to go through to the end, and I'm going to be victorious, and I'm going to say everything that I'm supposed to say, and I'll do everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm not moved by persecution. I will not be moved by persecution. I will not be moved by somebody rejecting me for, for because of my faith. I don't have to like it. I'm not, not that I'm saying I'm enjoying it, but I'm not going to pull back from doing it. That's how we're supposed to. And the only way we can do that is by his grace. You know, you can't muster up enough courage to face down an accuser. No, no, no. It's by grace. Father, I just I'm going to I'm going to do what you told me to do. I don't I don't feel good about it. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not Superman here. I'm not super apostle. I'm not super uh, uh, witnesser. I'm not super anything. I'm just I'm just going to do what you told me to do. I need your help. Please help me. I use the verse, I was crucified with Christ. Say it again, please. I was crucified with Christ. Amen. Amen. I did this not me only, but Christ lived in me. Yeah. So we can go to persecution with Christ. Christ will give you the courage. Who, who, said, who said that? You can't kill a dead man. Dead guy? A dead guy. <laughs> 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 I've heard of that. Yeah, there's music lyrics. I know this. Yeah, but there's it was somebody said it a long time ago. You know, because we've already been crucified with Christ. I'm, I'm already a dead. I'm, I know I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives through me. Exactly. But it's through His grace. It's through Him giving you the ability. But it's now that we have to understand what our call is. Christians around the world who undergo persecution and trials thrive on a daily basis. The, 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 the uh, uh, Chinese church has been thriving in persecution for decades now. Ex- exponentially, it's the fastest growing gospel, fastest growing church in the world. And I just heard, if anybody else heard that this week, there's been a new crackdown on Christians in China. Children yeah. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters. So how do they do that? It is because of their character, but where does their character come from? It comes from verse 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The man of God may that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. <clears throat> so we must be feeding on the word of God daily. We must be applying the word of God daily to our lives. We're not going to be perfect today. I'm just telling you, we're not going to if we mess up today, you know, I, there's things that that I'm not fully experiencing yet in, by faith, provision, healing, Many other things. I'll just be honest with you. I'm not. I, it'd be, it'd, I'd be lying if I said everything works out every single time. Just follow me. <laughs> no, but it's better than it was a year ago. And it's better than it was, definitely better than it was 10 years ago. 15, 20, so on. We must be resting in the grace and peace of God that will carry us through the process of sanctification. And then we will be complete and equipped I added in and for every good work. It's the Spirit of God 
through the grace and peace of God, applying the word of God to the man and woman of God that will bring victory. Thoughts? I got one one question on page two. Page two. It says, well, that is that word is, it's sometimes rendered thanks, but the core idea is favor and grace. I don't understand the word thanks. It's about six rows down. I don't know. Oh, it, uh, you mean Karis, that X-A-R-I-S? That is the... Thanks. <clears throat> Karis is sometimes a core idea of favor, grace. I don't know either. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I saw what you did there. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody, anybody have a thought on that? I'll just skim over. Anybody have another thought on that? I don't know. It's what it, it was in the Strongs, and I, you know, I could I could weed stuff out, but then I would be weeding stuff out, and I, you know, I'm doing I put, I put things in there in context so that it, you, know, you get the full picture of it. I don't know. Just throw that word out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it'll fit there. I don't think. Whatever. If you say you don't know, that's fine. Oh, I don't. Know. Anybody have any, anybody has an idea? Go ahead. When you're talking about um, when you surrendered the worry and strife and concern over the situation with the dealing with them during the pregnancy like that. Uh, there was somebody I, we had talked to a while ago where we were talking about healing and uh, doing a Bible study on it and it was like if you're not if uh, the healing comes by faith is a faith that you've already been healed that you're speaking to the sickness, you are an authority to speak to sickness, pain, infirmity, all that stuff. That God's given you the power to do that, um, and you have to do it by faith and belief. Um, this person has a lot of difficulty because their loved one, whoever it was, um, had ended up dying. Or yeah, ended up dying, and she was like heartbroken, you know, while talking to us and tells us the story because she's like, "So you're telling me to." We didn't have enough faith for her to be healed because we break them down for her to live and she didn't. That, that, is, that is one of the core struggles that people have. And, and I, I, understand, I hear it. I hear that. Um, and there, there are no easy answers for that. There's no, you know, wave a wand and it all feels better. It's, it's a tough, tough struggle. And we're all there. And we're, you know, all there in different ways, in different, different situations. Um, it, but it doesn't change what the word says, and that's the, you know, that's the part that's hard. Is, is that we can never change, we can never um, weaken the word of God for our experiences. I don't have all the answers. It's like, what does that word mean? I don't know. There's a lot of things I'm, I don't understand. I do not understand them fully. And um, when it comes to healing and why one person is and one person isn't, why why did it work for Deb? Why has it worked? I, I, I mean, other than some of the things I'm walking through right now, everything we've always prayed for in our family has happened. Ethan was healed of a heart, a uh, hole in his heart. 
Uh, Deb and Ethan, when they were, you know, that Tally had some things that went on, and we prayed for her, and, and they, they, we went to the doctor. And the doctor says it's gone. You don't have to worry about it. So why did those things happen? And uh, for others, it doesn't, and other times it didn't. Why am I still struggling with this and the things that I'm, that, you know, I don't have those answers yet. But it doesn't mean it isn't because the word doesn't work or the word's untrue. It's just I don't have the answers yet. Can I add something? Please? Sure. When Jesus was on earth, he was performing miracles, and he said he's doing whatever the Father needs. Yes. That's so, what I was going to say. Yeah. So most of the time, instead of going to heaven, and I start to heal and heal, it's a thing that things don't really So in the other verse, he said, whatever you bind on earth, you bind in heaven. Mm-hmm. So if you claim that, and God gave us the keys, we have the keys of healing. We can open the door. Mm-hmm. So we can open the door of salvation, but we have all the keys. You have the one key. Let me the keys. Mm-hmm. So salvation is one key we can go to. And, and salvation, the word salvation in the Greek covers it all. So it's salvation from ever, from the curse of the law. Everything that, that came at in in uh, at the garden. When, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, everything that came, the curse, when the curse came, when he died on the, co- on the cross, he reversed all of it. And he gave us the keys to it. Now, with a key, you have to know how to use it. I still can't get into the safe in the church. They told me, I can't remember how many times they've told me how to do it, and I tried it, and I can't get into it. Deb does it every time. Because it's there, she's doing something I'm not, but I can't see it. And I, and I mean, they're explaining every... And I still can't get into the state, so I just quit doing it. I haven't tried in years now. Yeah, at home I got many keys, and I don't know what. <laughs> which one they work? Which lock it works in? Oh yeah. Yeah, so many keys. One goes one goes back to unsafe, and I mix them up together, but they're not good to me. Because I don't know what lock I can use. And then you go to Europe. And they don't work like the ones here. And here, you turn it halfway one way and it's unlocked. You turn it halfway the other way, it's locked. In Europe, you have to turn it two times to lock it and work the handle. And work the handle at the same time. And you know, so it's it's knowing how to use what we have. And if you don't do it right, the door doesn't lock. So, I mean, it's not making light of this, but it, but we don't understand it all yet. We just don't. We don't have all the answers. And just and uh, and then so then that translates into two directions. One is. We, because we don't have all the answers, we can't just say, oh, it doesn't work. That isn't, that, that is not the right answer. The other side is, well, uh, it didn't work for George, so you're, do, you, you, shh. what kind of a Christian are you that it didn't work for you? No, that, that's not love. For me to, to treat, so if it doesn't work for George, then I keep praying for George. I keep encouraging George. George, I'm, I'm standing with you. I believe you, man. I, I'm with you. And, and I, you know, my heart is that we can talk about what the truth is and if somebody gets offended and i know people have been offended by by us talking by by talking about faith and talking about healing and and really going after some of this stuff but i I also need you to to know me and i've said this to ricky many times you know me how long have you known me ricky is that is that and 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 is that my heart to be accusatory or to to be a a a jerk about it No. no 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 I, I'm, we want, we need to talk about the truth, but understand our heart is that we're, we're, it's to help people. It's, it's to help all of us get there. It's not to tell somebody, well, you don't have enough faith. That's just, you know. But then some people immediately jump to that, even though I don't say it. 
well, you're saying I don't have enough faith. I didn't say that. I said that's one of the possibilities of what could be happening. I don't know what it is, and I'm not about to judge you for what, what, you're, what you're going through. It could be all kinds of things that I know nothing about. It could be that the Father hasn't said to do it yet. We're trying to do something that he hasn't said to do yet. Because Jesus didn't go and heal everybody. There were people left over that, that the, the disciples healed. So he didn't heal everybody he met. Why not? Because the Father didn't say to do it, apparently. Or he'd have done it. So there, some of the things we might be doing is we're praying for things he didn't tell us to pray for. And, and I have an example. A friend of mine is a, a Russian Pentecostal pastor. His wife was miraculously healed twice of cancer and heart disease and, and, and everything in Belarus and in the United States. And she, cancer came back with a vengeance. And they're praying and everyone was laying hands on her and they believed her for her healing. And you can't, you can't supersede someone's free will. She looked up and, and said to him, please let me go, let me go to heaven. And she died. I mean, she did not want to receive that healing. And, no, and she had been rallying. I mean, she had, you know, things were looking good and she just was so tired. You know, she just, and she's only 45, but you, know, you can't supersede somebody else's will. And, and no one has a right to judge that woman. Exactly. It's exactly. not, it is not my place, and I would not do it. I, I would not, if, if somebody decides I'm done, and I've had many friends who have said I'm done, mm-hmm. they're done. Okay. If I was in their shoes, I'd be I'd probably be done. You know, hopefully, I mean, I'm gonna, you know, as of today, I'm still fighting. But who knows if you've walked, if you haven't walked through their shoes, George? I don't know how pertinent this is, but earlier on you said something about the GI or whoever says, "If you get me out of this, I'll do X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. Uh, you had told a story a number of years ago about a sailor in the Australian Navy during World War II, where he was in a dire situation. And he told God, and if you get me out of this, I'll tell other people about you every day for the rest yep. of my life. And he did. He had a shop, and he went out every day and told everybody walking past about Jesus. He never saw one person get saved until after he died. Yep. The number of the thousands. Yep. Yes. Yep. I don't remember who he was. Or... Yeah, I, I, I could. Fi- I'd have to find the article again. But yeah, I remember the. I remember the specifics. There, there was a missionary too. There was a missionary who went to went to Africa. Hudson. Is it Hudson? No, I don't, I'm not sure. He went to China. This guy went. Hudson Taylor never did. Yeah. Thousands came to Christ after his death. Yeah, the missionary in, in, in Africa was there for his whole life. He died there. And at, and at, at his funeral, the, the people in Africa were giving him uh, a funeral, uh, their funeral, and they were all sat around in a circle and they were talking about his life and they were talking about the words he had said. And none of them had ever received Christ. And they all looked around and went, Yeah, he lived it. It must be true. We accept it, and the whole tribe got saved. But they watched his whole life first. So you know, he he died thinking he could have you know he could have been thinking he was a failure. You don't you don't look at the outside. We can't judge by the outside. Uh, Somebody else, you, go ahead. Sorry. Um, when we were talking a little mission about it, if uh, God's not going to lead you to pray for healing for someone, or if God's not going. He said Jesus didn't heal, heal everybody because he didn't say Father. He said, I, I don't do anything that I don't see my Father doing. Right, but I mean, we've already been given authority over all sickness, all disease, and we can. I, I have been given all sickness and all authority. All, I've been given all, all authority and all uh, ability to, to deal with sickness in my life. I've not been given 
all authority to deal with sickness in your life? And my children. My, my children, my family have fallen that too, right? I would say so, yes. Right. Uh, yes. Absolutely. And we talked about that before too, you know, way back in January. That, you know, just because, just because you know somebody's second cousin twice removed is going through something doesn't mean I have the authority to pray for it. And I still stand by that. I don't, I don't think we do. But if George is going through something and he says, John, will you stand with me in prayer? Bing, ding, ding, ding. I can then stand with George because he gives me authority. I, anyone here, if you, if you say, pray, you pray for me with the situation. Or if that person calls. Uh, I had a phone call one day. Uh, a, friend, a guy from the church here had a friend who was dying. And he says, will you go with me to pray with him? And I said, sure, I'll go with you to pray with him. Well, I get there and he goes, Pastor John has something to say. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know? And he's dying. And, and so what the Lord led me to say was not to pray for his healing. I said, what the Lord led me to say is, are you born again? And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. So we stood there and we talked to him for about 15 minutes. I explained to him about who, who Jesus was, what Jesus did, how he died for him, and that he had to put his faith in him. I said, do you want to receive Jesus? He said, yes. He received Jesus right then and there. We left the room. He died two days later. Because God didn't tell me to pray for his healing. He told me to get him saved. I mean, that's... And it doesn't, could he have healed him? Yeah, but I don't know why he didn't. Why God didn't lead us that way, but... Okay, I don't care. I mean, it isn't, a, it isn't ultimately always about what we think it is. Those expectations again. You know, we, 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 can, we can think these expectations have to be thus and so. And God has a different... He, he's, he's looking at something else that's more important at any given time. And that's what I was going to say is that um, in the times where I've prayed for healing or been in those situations, um, I keep, God keeps telling me to pray and I always say, Thy will be done. Those four words because it's so important that we have whatever it is we're asking for, whether it's even especially in the glory of Christ, that it come under His will because it's a bigger picture. It's more than we know. We, we have to trust that um, if we're praying for that and it's within his will, then that is going to come and be fruitful. Yes. And I don't know what God's will is for your life. I don't. I don't know what God's will is for anybody other than myself. I do know what his will is for me and his will for me. Because I've seen it in the word. I have a revelation of it in the word that he, by his stripes I am healed. That's in the word. That that. And, I, and that's, I've had a revelation, I, I trust it, I believe it, I'm standing on it, and I'm still standing, this one, I'm still standing on it. And I'm still believing, and I get up in the morning, and I still, it takes me four steps to get going, and you know, okay, I'm, I'm not going, well, I guess, I guess healing doesn't work. No, tomorrow morning I'm going to get up, and it, if it's still that way, I'm still, healing works. I know it works, I've seen miraculous healings. So I can't, I can't say that it doesn't work. So, isn't his will for all of us to prosper and gain health, even as our Paul said that to the to some people, and, but you know, yes, it's in his word. If someone has a revelation for that, yes, I I think it. I think all Christians should be prosperous because he has provided everything he's every everything to us. But <clears throat> not everybody is. But doesn't that say that he wants everybody to be healed or healthy? And I believe it is. <laughs> but that, that's that. I, I absolutely will be. 
You will be in the afterlife. I mean, really. Everybody is You betcha. Well, but I, I believe I believe that he wants. I believe that his will is that we are free of the curse from the day that we are born again. We have the right to be free from the curse, whatever the curse is. Sickness is the curse. Poverty is the curse. Uh, lack. Uh, um, all of those things are, are the curse, and we and we are free from them from day one. It takes us time to grow and understand that, have the revelation of it. <clears throat> Amen. Can I share with that? Because every time healing comes up, this always because I was asking you guys, I never got an answer yet. So we had a someone, a guest speaker at a church, you know, and so he's there for three days, and he's he's preaching and. And so tomorrow night he said, I'm going to pray for people to get healed. So this girl in youth group, her mom, she was out one time and she received the Lord, but she wasn't, you know, in by the skin of her teeth. Yep, you know, yep. So she said, come, there's this guy who's going to pray for the sick. And it's like, so she came. She went up and got prayed for, went home, didn't say a word. Came back Sunday. <coughs> she came up to me. She was, I went home pain free and I had painkillers for how long? Heavy painkillers. Heavy duty. None. I feel great. Mm -hmm. She goes, I just went up there. I didn't really believe I'd get healed. Healed, miraculously healed. Yep. And so I said, go to the doctor. I go to the doctor where she worked, which happened to be at Ford. And they went, they went go along with it, you know. And she would go, what do you see? Well, it looks good, but you know, because they didn't want to bring her, I don't know why. So I said, go to a different doctor. <laughs> and she goes, okay. So she went to a different doctor. You're good to go. You know, you're good to go. <laughs> and it's like, okay, Lord, this doesn't compute. We got this lady. And you know her, Carol. Mm -hmm. Nothing's happening there. That's why you come in. I didn't really believe I feel like this went to go. So I'm always asking, what's the deal? Okay, I don't understand. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And that's <clears throat> many, I, I saw more miracles in the first two years after I rededicated my life to the Lord. And I'd read it in the Bible and go, okay, and so I pray for myself. And I had, I had poison ivy. I had poison ivy so bad, the doctor says, that is the worst case of poison I've ever seen in my life. And he says, you can't go back to work until it's completely gone. And I was out a full week and it just, it was getting worse. It continued to spread on my body. And so um, I was reading one day because I couldn't go to work. And I was reading the word about how he said, that we could, you know, be healed. And so I started, I, I said, in the name of Jesus, my leg, you know, that be gone, get out of my leg, go away. And in two days, it was completely gone. No scabs, no no skin was perfect in two days. I mean, and, it, and the doctor, I went back to the doctor, and he goes, because I had to get the all clear. Happened instantaneously. I had carpal tunnel to the point where I, we were going to have to do surgery on it. 
and I was working. I was like, I don't want to have surgery. I don't want to have to take time. I, I have to work. I have to pay for, I'm li- I have to pay to live. Father, I know you can heal my leg. I speak to my arms and I be, say, be healed instantaneously. Healed. No pain since. All kinds of things. Now, four years. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, at first, this faith stuff is easy, right? I think, I think sometimes God, God will do something for a new believer yeah. very quickly to, to get you moving in that direction. That's what yep. He said they take surveys, and he said about 80% of the people don't know how to get healed. Yeah, yeah. 20% of the people in the church is Mm-hmm. He said about 20, you know, I mean, they teach seminars and stuff like that. Yeah. And he said, just pray for healing, about 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It just, I can't. So it's not, I'm not, I don't look at anybody and go, it's your, you know, it, it's, uh, the only one I ever say it's, it's, it's your fault is when I'm speaking to myself. It's my fault. I'm doing something. I don't know what it is. I don't know something, right? I don't know what it is, but I'm still seeking. And I'm resting in it. Okay, God, I, you know I don't I don't get up every day and beat myself up because I'm still having to hobble for three four steps before I can walk. Uh, uh, well, what do you say then to members that used to go here that they thought of the healing and they believed in it because they didn't see anything they left? God is God, and I am not. Yeah. Yeah. I I I have mercy. I have I have grace and mercy for all all of that because I am that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm walking through it myself. I I have to. Okay, I, I get it. Not I don't understand everything. You don't understand everything. We all have things we're growing in. I, there are some things. Okay, I have two friends who are they love God. I'm telling you, they love God with all of their heart, and they still swear like like sailors. <laughs> And they have, they've been Christians for years and years and years. And I'll be talking to them and they'll pop one off. I'm going, what do you, kiss your wife with that mouth? I mean, what? But even at that though, that was something that stopped immediately. I wished a whole bunch of other things that stopped immediately. But that one for me stopped immediately. Why? Why that one? And then for them, they can keep doing it. And doesn't, you know, God bless God, you know, and get, I don't understand it, but I don't have to. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. I'm not. I really am not judging anybody. I just know what the word says. And the word says he wants us to be sanctified and he wants us to be whole. And we keep moving towards that. And whatever part, wherever we're at at any given point is where you're at. It's not, you don't get an A or a C or an F or a, you don't. There's not a grade to it. It's where you are. We'll have a healing class later. We'll, we'll talk about this more. Should we get sick in preparation? God bless no. all y'all.